This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. The World Health Organization and the United Nations have issued warnings of a global mental health crisis due to the wide, long-lasting implications of the coronavirus outbreak. Many experts believe the emotional and psychological fallout started as soon as the public health crisis began. In short, life as most of the world has known it has changed, and many people feel overwhelmed. I'm Jen Hardy with Look West. So what is to be done about the mental health crisis? In part one of this episode, you heard my interview with California Surgeon General Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris. Now, in part two, you'll hear from four California Assembly members who have always advocated on behalf of those with mental health needs and who are now emphasizing the need for more efforts to address the growing concern. Assemblymember James Ramos, who introduced a bill this year to create a statewide office of suicide prevention, told us reasons why this topic is so important. Whenever we talk about currently in the COVID-19 um, crisis, when we start to talk about the economic um, and businesses getting back to reopen, that we don't forget about the mental health and mental well-being of those that are out there um, that need um, resources, because we can't talk about um, moving forward with our economy if we're not talking about the mental health of individuals and those that had um, conditions prior to COVID-19. Now, COVID-19 has now just amplified um, the need for the resources that we're talking about in mental health, which the Office of Suicide Prevention would be able to um, get the resources in a timely manner to those that need it. So during the outbreak, just like we just talked about um, with the uptick in calls here in San Bernardino County, there was 20 calls prior to COVID-19 outbreak. And then um, last week, there was 1,800 calls that have come through during this time. So it really starts to, during this crisis, those in the stay-at-home order, which which we need to make sure that we're um, containing this virus, but you also then have the feeling of isolation. You have the feeling of of different depression that starts to take place, or even if someone has uh, an ailing condition, substance uh, abuse, or, or those things, now you're confined to the house, and it really just amplifies the need for those resources and for someone to be able to talk to. And so we've been pushing out um, phone numbers um, and, and communication numbers through um, our website and through um, Facebook to those that feel that, that you don't need to think that you're alone, that there is resources out there for you to be able to talk to. So COVID-19, um, having people stay at home, can and is um, adding to that feeling of isolation and depression uh, in many um, that are out there now. Assemblywoman Sharon Quirksova shared how this topic is personal to her. Well, far before uh, this uh, COVID-19 happened, mental health issues are something that um, I've not only focused on, but um, have personally dealt with as uh, I not only had a brother-in-law who suffered from schizophrenia, Uh, and my own brother uh, who had mental health and addiction issues and actually passed away because of that. Uh, So uh, I think that mental health is something that is often uh, kind of overlooked in our healthcare system. 
And when we see, like with COVID-19, a virus, we want to immediately get health care and just try to stop it. But when somebody has a mental health issue, we put that as a secondary part of health. And it really needs to be um, in equal standing with health care. I also have a, an 84-year-old mother who is living on her own just a few minutes away, but because we all want to keep her safe, uh, we are not uh, interfacing with her in the same way, meaning that she would often come over regularly, spend a lot of time. Now we're delivering meals and using masks, but it's getting harder and harder on her, so I've actually... Uh, bought her some craft items like paints and and so forth but we see that she's starting to very much get into a pattern of really not even wanting to come out or uh, I'm not saying out to do something I'm just saying out of her condo and uh, watching a lot of TV not talking to other people so I think this is going to have quite a bit of an impact on not only different age groups but also to return to any normalcy, I think it's going to be uh, uh, very much uh, uh, stages and phases people need to go through. Quark Silva then spoke about who this topic applies to, especially in terms of age. I think all of the age groups, like I said, whether it's uh, teenagers who are really seeing some of their uh, celebrations uh, canceled, if you want to say it that way, whether it be graduations or proms or you know, everyday sport activities uh, to uh, young workers who either have lost their jobs or are working from home or having to move back into home with parents. Uh, The the middle-aged generation uh, who is now not only taking care of um, parents, but often now having returning adults uh, move into their home. So in my case, I have my uh, daughter who is going to be 30 and son-in-law who uh, just turned 30 living with us. They're both working, but from home. And my son, who's 23, again, working from home, and my husband, who's working from home as a teacher, and then myself. So it is quite a full house, and we're uh, better off than most. We know that. We're very blessed in the sense that having jobs, but I just imagine families in a much smaller, uh, whether it's an apartment, uh, one or two bedroom, trying to work, um, stay safe at home with young children, possibly five or six people. And and the stress and anxiety, I think, would have to be way up there as far as what people have dealt with before. Assemblymember Cecilia Ayura-Curry gave us a glimpse into the state of mental health in her primarily rural district. In the district, itself it varies. Um, there are some uh, people that are uh, very stressed out um, uh, and my, uh, my, uh, my district team really hears it the most. They hear it every single day. Uh, people are looking for homes, looking for rental money and um, they've taken it to heart and so um, there's definitely um, a great amount of people that are concerned about what the, what the future is going to look like to them and uh, I'm just I'm as concerned as they are. Um, it would be nice to, to move uh, forward, uh, but I honor the governor as well as our Department of Health as um, when's the proper time to open up businesses. Um, but there's no doubt about it. There is a lot of uh, stress out there. We also had a chance to speak to Assemblymember Fel Ting, who started his public service career as the executive director of the Asian Law Caucus, 
he shared how Asian Americans have been facing additional stressors due to discrimination. Well, the Asian American community has been virulently attacked. I think we've had a number of irresponsible leaders who have wanted to label uh, the virus a certain name, and that has created a, a significant amount of hatred against Asian Americans, in particular against Chinese Americans. But since they can't tell us apart, people who look Asian or look Chinese get attacked, yelled at, spit on, violently abused. Um, the most unfortunate part is, again, uh, these people are cowards. Um, they are picking on people who they believe are probably more vulnerable. Um, and so, again, it is uh, really horrific what's been happening. We have uh, two nonprofit organizations in California, APCON, as well as Chinese for Affirmative Action. They started a website a few weeks ago to take records of hate incidents all around the country. Uh, most of them are, you know, verbal, um, verbal attacks or shunning. Um, but what they found is, in a very short amount of time, over 1,600 people already reported hate incidents. We know that there's probably, you know, double, triple, you know, five. There's probably five to ten x of that number that actually are experiencing hate, but just don't have the time to report it, don't have the language ability to report it, uh, don't know where to go, haven't heard about the website. So this is just um, really pretty pretty horrifying. I know many Asian Americans who they don't want to, um, they don't want to go out um, because of that particular circumstance. As the first American Indian individual elected to the California legislature, Ramos stated how he has seen specific needs for mental health care. When you look at the population of Native Americans um, throughout the nation, not just here in the state of California, um, Alaska Natives and American Indian um, individuals has the highest rate of suicide of any cultural or ethnic group in the United States. So those rates are high among the Indian community. We grew up and we still reside on a the Seminole Indian Reservation. And so suicide among uh, American Indians and Alaska Native youth um, is a high rate of suicide. So trying to get um, ahead of that as far as resources and talking to individuals. But certainly, when you start to deal with the elderly um, population and everybody's been used to going over to the house on Sunday or the weekend to share and see the kids, you start to see our elderly population feel that disconnect um, that they've been used to. So trying to encourage individuals to do FaceTime, um, the different media telecommunications, to stay engaged with our elderly population so that they know that they're not alone. Certainly, we could all attest that the human soul is very delicate. And once you start to have those thoughts of isolation um, that leads to depression, we need to make sure that we have opportunities to contact individuals to make sure they know that they truly aren't alone. Because when we start to see these types of issues move forward and the topics start to change about reopening the community or reopening the state, let's not forget when we start to talk about moving the economy forward, that there is several individuals that need mental health awareness, mental health resources, mental health medication throughout this whole time. 
that that should also be at the top of the list that should be addressed during these crises and long after. What we're talking about now are um, areas that have been going on. It didn't take COVID-19 to start to identify the mental health issues um, happening in the state of California, certainly in San Bernardino County. These issues are ongoing, 365 days a year. And so we need to make sure that when a crisis hits, when a crisis comes our way, that the mental health well-being of those in the state of California, that they know that they're not alone and that there's resources out there for them. We have to be able to come together as a state and as a community that these stigmas, these stigmas that are associated with those that are reaching out for help, for resources, those that start to um, be able to ask for help, that we can't, as a community, start to stigmatize that as something that an individual um, is going through. We need to be able to be open to make sure that as a community, when someone is reaching out, when someone wants to talk about an issue that they're facing, that we're there to talk to them about it, that the resources are there. There's two, there's two parts of the stigma. One, from society that looks at an individual reaching out for help and how they look at them. But there's also the stigma of the one that needs the help and fearing to reach out because of the stigma that will follow them. We need to come together as a community and as a state and say we won't tolerate that stigma. If you need resources, here's the resources to make sure that you're well-equipped mentally and physically to move forward in your life. Knowing more about the varied reasons for increased mental health needs and who this crisis within a crisis is affecting, we asked the Assembly members what Californians can do to cope. Quirk Silva gave her advice. I think there's um, quite a bit of uh, response out there of things you can do to kind of um, lessen the anxiety. And uh, yet uh, it's easy to say it, not as um, easy to do it. But some of those recommendations, whether it is, you know, uh, turning off the TV, if that's causing you anxiety regarding news about COVID, um, getting out and taking a walk, uh, some healthcare type of things that might um, got, just give you a little break from the news, um, you know, whether it be reading or in my case, I'm able to uh, do a little bit of yard work and believe it or not, picking weeds is actually fairly uh, soothing. Uh, so I think there are things people can do with their families, whether it's take out the old uh, games or cards, but it's certainly a time of stress. And we know, sadly, uh, one of our big fears is uh, domestic violence, elder abuse, child abuse, and and some of the actual surprising um, information is that the numbers seem to be less or not as high as numbers are usually recorded but that tells a different story, which is probably uh, people that are in those situations, they're not able to get out and actually report. So it sounds like numbers are going down when the truth is they're probably actually going up. So it's a very um, just, um, I think, horrible uh, scenario for some people that are living through these situations. Um, but mental health um, just 
I think some of the simplest things, having kids pay, paint rocks or uh, read stories. But I'd say my biggest advice as a former educator of elementary school is the distance learning is very stressful for parents especially. And even for the kids, we think just putting kids to do lessons on a device, even if they have access, is going to do the job, and it's, it doesn't. And so I would say is for parents to take some stress off is do things with your kids that you know that will teach them something, but do it in a regular way. So if it's baking, you know, show them a few fractions, multi, uh, memorize your multiplication, tie your shoes, tell time, but some basic things uh, that they can do throughout the day that don't uh, force a parent to sit there and navigate lessons uh, and computers that may end up just stressing everybody out. Because in the end, distance learning shouldn't be such a uh, stressful situation that the parents and the kids are arguing and yelling and fighting, and that just adds to all of uh, everything else on uh, what people are experiencing. In addition, Ramos shared about suicide prevention and has passed legislation to address the psychological needs of children. Suicide prevention, reaching out to other people, letting other people know that there's resources that are available, and just talking to people and seeing signs that are taking place. In San Bernardino County, there's been an uptick in calls. Um, up to 1,800 calls have been coming in, when in February, there was only 20 calls that were coming in. So you see the need that's there. As far as being able to not hide behind the issue, but talk about it. Talk about suicide prevention. Talk about mental health, the first early signs of those. I had a bill um, last year that was signed into law by the governor, and it, and it brought resources to the local education arena um, at an early age from K to sixth grade because you start to see the impact at an early age. Also recently, one of Ting's bills created a California warm line for non-emergency mental health calls and texts. In April, 41% of the calls they received were related to COVID-19. He shared how this line has been helping. This is more important than ever. We knew before COVID-19, one of the major reasons why people called the uh, Peer Warm Hotline was just because they wanted a person to talk to. So at a time when millions of Californians are being forced to socially isolate, this creates mental health issues that didn't even exist pre-COVID-19. So that's why this has been such a great expenditure of state resources and giving them $10 million for three years makes so much sense. They, they've seen their calls increase from over 4,000 calls to now over 5,000 calls. So about a 25% increase. And I imagine that that number is going to keep going higher because again, people who are normally social who probably wouldn't have even called in are now calling in because they have no one else to talk to and they're not even allowed to go uh, go meet with their friends or go socialize or go out. Um, so again, it's this is so important. Uh, I think the other piece of it that is important to again highlight is, you know, we encourage everyone to take a break from all the news and information. Uh, we encourage people to go out, get some fresh air, go for a walk, walk outside. We're, we're not encouraging everybody to drive, you know, 20 miles to some uh, state park, but we are encouraging them to, again, 
walk around the block, enjoy themselves, get some air, clear their head. He also shared the best approach to providing support to those in the Asian American community. The number one way we reach out to the Asian American community, especially those who are more linguistically isolated, who, who don't speak English, is really through ethnic media. They are our primary outlets. Um, also working through different community organizations, making sure that um, community leaders know what the resources are. It's extraordinarily important. Uh, Asian Americans in the community really rely on community leaders for their information. So traditionally, they, we haven't really had as many elected officials. So it was always heads of religious organizations or heads of different community organizations where they really would go for information. So it's really making sure that all of those organizations know what is going on and what is happening. Now that we've heard about current resources, let's talk about what's still being worked on in California. As an example, Agara Curry shared some of her current legislation for future improvements. She started with a bill she's co-authoring with Senator Scott Weiner to improve the treatment equity between physical and mental health. That strengthens California Parity Act uh, to require that insurers over medically necessary treatment for all mental health and substance use disorders, not just for emergency care. We're really excited. Um, you know, I have to thank uh, Senator Bell. Um, he has started a um, mental health workshop group at the Capitol, and I was honored to ask if I would like to participate. So it's a bipartisan uh, working group, um, and it's a really good group that the, the senators put together, and we have a, a specialist come in and uh, educate us on the needs of our constituents throughout the state of California. I have a bill this year, and it's uh, AB 2464, and I'm really passionate about this bill because um, even before this emergency, like I said, I've been a fighter for children, and um, I want to make sure the, the families can get um, uh, access to health care, particularly with mental health. So this bill creates a grant program for the state's children's hospitals to use telehealth technology to connect youth mental health specialists with primary care pediatricians and doctors and school-based health administrators all over California. Um, in talking to health care providers as well as child care providers, they're very frightened and concerned is that when the students start coming back to school that there's, the, the children may have seen a lot of trauma in their household, stress, the lack of being uh, able to meet with their friends, social issues. So it's a time and an opportunity to bring this particular bill forward. Um, the good news is that we can take uh, action for this right now, and we intend to do that. Um, you know, I've always told everybody, I can't fix adult mental health right now in my, my lifetime, but what I can do is give the opportunity of families to start when these children are young, infants. Uh, to, de to identify mental health issues and ha letting pediatricians have access to uh, um, uh, psychiatrists is, is going to obviously help um, our, our society and uh, a lot for us to deal with in the next couple of months. As these assembly members and the rest of the California legislature consider how to meet the demands of the coronavirus-related mental health crisis, not all of our questions can be answered right away. Experts want to address how to minimize and treat the new trauma individuals and communities are experiencing right now, whether that trauma relates to isolation, having the virus, losses related to COVID-19, violence during quarantine, being a frontline worker, 
a combination of these factors, or something else entirely. If you didn't already listen to part one of this episode with California's Surgeon General, now is a great time to hear what she had to say about caring for your own mental wellness during the coronavirus outbreak. If you'd like to reach out to your assembly member for resources in your area, you can find their name and a link to their contact information at findyourrep.legislature.ca.gov. To contact the California warm line mentioned in this episode, please dial one 855 845-7415. Thank you, Assemblymembers Cecilia Aguirre-Curry, Sharon Quirksova, James Ramos, and Phil Ting for joining us with your thoughts. I'm Jen Hardy with Look West. The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. Please subscribe and rate this show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And when you think of California and politics, remember to look west.